Hi, you're listening to my mom, Cat Lee, on the Inspired to Action podcast. Hey, can I listen to it? Hi, my name is Cat Lee, and I want to welcome you to the Inspired to Action podcast. I hope this show is the pep talk that you need as a mom. A reminder that what you do every day is life changing and that it matters more deeply than you could ever comprehend. Out of all the women in the world, God chose you to be the mother of your children because you are unique and amazing, and He has called you and He will equip you. So thank you for serving your family, for loving your children fearlessly, and for fighting to be a great mom. This episode is for you. Let's jump right in. Hey friends, so today we're talking with Heather Hopp. She's a mother of four, including three very lively boys, and she's the author of a book called Knights in Training. So when stories about knights and battles and medieval heroism caught her boys' attention, she used it as an opportunity to teach them about the code of chivalry. And drawing from real-life accounts in the Middle Ages, she challenged her boys to become modern-day knights in training. I love that, y'all, just giving our boys a sense of purpose and a sense of vision. Heather says, This has so shaped the culture of my family. We talk a lot about becoming an honorable man and what that looks like. She says, It's given my sons, especially my oldest, a sense of purpose. So in today's episode, we're going to be talking about Heather's parenting story and the origin of her new book, Knights in Training. She's going to share 10 principles of the chivalry challenge and how to call our boys to a higher standard and to coach them as they get older. Uh, Well, she'll also give you some tips on ways to get started on your own chivalry challenge. Hey, Mom. Um, Jackson, I'm recording a podcast. I know, but I'm bored. Can I watch shows? Moms, if your summer is anything like mine, you may have heard this question one or a thousand times, and I've never been super excited about saying yes, but now we have Jellytelly. Jellytelly is an incredible website and app filled with over 300 hours of fun and exciting Bible-centered videos, from Veggie Tales to Torch Lighters, which are a video series about heroes of the faith. There's something for everyone from toddlers to teenagers. Jackson, what are some of your favorite shows on Jellytelly? Friends and Heroes and Torch Lighters. Now, I'm going to be honest. I'm not a Bible scholar, but I feel like one after I watch what's in the Bible. It's geared towards kids, but I learn so much from it. So even adults can enjoy all the great content on Jelly Telly. And I'm about to make your summer much easier. Jelly Telly wants to give you a free week and a coloring download page to keep your kids entertained, whether on screen or off. So just go to inspiredtoaction.com forward slash Jelly Telly and use the coupon code inspired. So now when your kids ask, Mom, can I watch shows? You can feel good about saying yes. Again, that's inspiredtoaction.com forward slash jelly telly, J-E-L-L-Y-T-E-L-L-Y, and use the coupon code inspired. Thanks, Jax. You're welcome. All right, then let's dive into our chat today with Heather Hopped. Heather, thank you so much for being on the Inspired to Action podcast. I am so excited to be here with you today, Kat. So tell me a little bit about you and your family, just to give everybody a frame of reference. Okay. Uh, My name is Heather. My husband and I have been married now 17 years this May, and um, we have four children. So I have three boys, almost 13, almost 11. They really want me to point that out. (laughs) Um, And then a nine-year-old boy. And then my little girl is five. 
And we recently moved from Arizona recently. It's been two and a half years. I don't know if that still counts as recent. Well, it depends on how long you lived in Arizona, because then that'll make it feel recent. lived. Okay, so then then that's recent. (laughs) I'm an Arizona native, and I'm a transplant to Texas, to the Dallas area. How is that going for you? It's going well. May is a hard month because of allergies. Mm. Um, But... We've figured out a combination of natural stuff and medicine that is making it bearable. Um, but other than that, the people are so nice. We are loving the green. Uh, yes, it's a, at least you're not moving from like California or maybe Michigan to Texas in July because that would be really, you're moving from a rather right. arid, warm place to another arid, warm place. Yeah. And actually, our first summer here, we were amazed that we could run out to our mailbox barefoot even in the hottest of days, because in Arizona, you would have second degree burns on your feet. Oh, yeah. Well, then welcome to Texas. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you've recently written a book called Nights in Training, and the, the subtitle is 10 Principles for Raising Honorable, Courageous, and Compassionate Boys. That sounds awesome. My question for you, what got you on this journey of writing a book? And is it scary to do that while raising boys? Because 13, he's still there, you know, they're, they're, st- they're still in process. I'd love to hear just the journey that inspired you and um, the kind of the heart behind the book. Yeah. Um, well, the book was birthed out of a period in our life that took place six years ago. And I had decided that I wanted to read to my kids about the Middle Ages because what boy does not love the idea of knights and castles and battles? And so after that first day, when I read my first book, the boys were just completely enthralled. And so they're, you know, waging sword battles all around me. And I'm looking going, okay, yeah, they're into this. And we're going to take this opportunity to talk about chivalry because I want my boys to grow up to be respectful to the women in their life. And so I went and started researching it, and I was blown away. I had always thought that chivalry was merely how a man treats a woman. And it's that's a small, small part of it, but it's so much more. It was an entire code of conduct. It was a way of living. And as I delved into the history, because I'm sort of a history buff, I was really amazed at how the role that chivalry played and this whole idea of night training played in the Middle Ages, it was so transforming. It originally started just as a way to sort of civilize the warrior class, um, to sort of give them a sense of moral bearings so that they use their strength for good and not for evil. And it became so compelling that the entire nobility saw that and said, oh, no, we want this for our sons. So even if their sons were never destined to become warriors, they still went through this period of training because it was so formative to the internal character of a man in addition to training his muscles and mind for battle. And so I just, I was filled with the vision that this is something I wanted to do with my boys. And so I printed off uh, 10 aspects from the historic code of chivalry and posted them up in our house. And I gathered them around. I said, okay, we are going to embark on night training. And of course they were very excited and um, they were like, can we do sword battles? I'm like, yes, archery. Yes. We're going to pull out our little suction cup bow and arrows. Cause at this point, my boys were six, four and almost three. And so we just, we had battle practice. I let my kids walk through the neighborhood to our little park in full um, costumes. (laughs) I can only imagine what our neighbors were thinking 
as they were watching these three boys just march through the neighborhood. But we, it became sort of a way of life and they loved entering into this realm of role playing. And I was amazed at how inspired they were to live up to this code of chivalry and how they were being very creative and very intentional to look for ways to live this out now. So I'll never forget the day my sister pulled up and she had a baby and a toddler. And so she's trying to wrangle the infant car seat out of the car. And my boys go racing out. Hey, Aunt B, can we help you with that? And, and they just came strutting into the house, bearing their, that flower diaper bag and other things that my sister needed me to carry into the house. And they were so proud. And they're like, look, mom, we're knights in training. And it just, they really took these messages to heart. And I, I hit something that touched some of that internal motivation that they had. They wanted to be the hero of the story. And I was giving them tangible ways that they could do that in an everyday capacity. And that just really filled them with a sense of purpose. And so, yeah, that started our journey. And then um, a reporter for the New York Times saw, I, I blogged about it. Okay. And a reporter from the New York Times found the article loved it and asked if she could interview me for an article she was writing on manners and civility. And so I said, sure. And so yeah, you don't so turn that, down the New York times. Right. <laughs> right. But I've done interviews before that have just been like, Oh yeah, the local news wants to interview you for something. And I just wasn't really thinking that important people read that. And so yes, someone from penguin random house read that someone high up and was like, this needs to be a book. And so a week later, an email landed in my inbox saying, please, would you consider writing a book about this? Was that a scary process to decide to do that because your kids are still young and in process? Like that's always been terrifying for me, the idea of writing about, like I love interviewing people and learning about parenthood. It's scary to me to write about it when my kids aren't the finished product yet. And, and you know, we want to learn from people in process, but I would love to know kind of the internal thoughts that you went through trying to decide whether or not this is something that, that you should be doing, not should be yeah. doing, but you know, feel, felt called to do. Right. Yeah. Well, that definitely factored in because we are still very much in process and the whole process of parenting is just, it's, it's a process and you do, there's victories and there are defeats every day along the way. And so I think, yeah, challenges I faced was how do I tell stories and be honest without uncovering my children? And mm -hmm. so it's different than how I used to write when my kids were little and I could tell every little thing. And so my kids are older. And so, yeah, it was, can I tell this? Should I tell this? What happens if we don't? Yeah, it's, it sort of goes back to grace, which is how I look at it. I'm like, we, we are intentional, but the end results of what our children do in their life are between them and God. Mm -hmm. And so my view on parenting is that I am to sow seeds. I am to sow seeds and um, trust God with the harvest. And so that's sort of how the approach that I take to things. Mm -hmm. And what you're doing here is really just giving them a vision for what they're working towards and what you're working towards. Yes. Yeah. And then recognizing that it's an everyday thing. And so I write a lot about that in the book about embracing the we're in the trenches every day. And this is a process and they're not done until, 
until they're done. Right. Until they're, until they have kids and they're training their own kids. Right. Um, so during this period of childhood, I compare it a lot to the whole time of training up to be a knight. And it took years. It wasn't a one-time thing. It's something that you're in process in over and over again. And so actually, one of my favorite things that I loved writing about in the book is just being honest. Like, I don't have it all together. Mm-hmm. I'm not raising perfect children. Um, and the whole idea of chivalry, actually, it pointed people to an ideal, but it pointed people to an ideal while recognizing that we are not that ideal, that we have human a human fallen nature and that we're going to do it imperfectly. And so not only did they raise up these boys to aspire towards chivalry, but they would call the grizzled knights who were out and maybe losing their way and doing awful things. They would call them back and say, no, no, this is not where you're supposed to be. Come back to this. Here's the ideal. Mm. And so that's sort of the approach I took with the book. Here's, here's the ideal. Here's the vision that we lay before our children that we lay out for ourselves and then realize that it's a process and that we're all going to do it imperfectly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So can you give us just a super high level overview of what those 10 principles are? So, yeah, I would love to read them because they're, they're powerful. And what's beautiful about them is they're so timely, not only for that back then, but for today. And so these 10 aspects include loving God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength, obeying those in authority over you. Uh, The third one is standing against injustice and evil. The fourth one is defending and protecting the weak. Then comes respect and honor, respect the honor of women, to refrain from the wanton giving of offense, to speak the truth at all times, to be generous and willing to share, to persevere and finish the task at hand, and then finally to pursue excellence in all that you do. And so I just I spend time a chapter on each in each chapter on each of these aspects of the code. What does it look like for the knights of old? What does it look like for our boys today? Um, Why is it so important? And then some practical nitty gritty ideas for how we can help our our kids to embody that. You know, and what I love is that you are in the midst of it because so often it's easy for us to read a book by somebody whose kids are grown and, you know, have their kids of their own or whatnot, and they forget the little nitty gritty things that make it so hard to do some of these things. Or they forgot for they've forgotten some of the 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 day to day struggles that we have. And so, what I love yes. about your book is that you're writing it in the midst of it. So you know you you're you're living each and every one of these things and all the struggles that go with it. Um, and so you can speak from a viewpoint of we are all in this together, and you're giving. You're, you're giving moms a roadmap for, you know, how to envision our boys, how to, you know, give them something to look forward to. My daughter was watching a show the other day and she was like, mom, why are all the boys in this show dumb? Like she wasn't being critical of them. She was observing kind of the I, way that culture seems to portray, you know, a lot of times the dad in the show, but it really in this particular show, which is generally a great show, but it really trickled down. Even the brother was kind of dumb. Everybody but the girl who was the main character was kind of a little bit clueless. And so I love that you are sort of bucking what a lot of culture seems to tend toward and saying, you know, you are to be a hero. You are to rise up to this. You are. It's not just giving them a vision, but almost speaking something over them of who they are and who they can be. And I love how you're doing that. How is this resonating with your 13 year old? Because that gets to be kind of an age when maybe you know, knights cannot be as cool 
as they were. I don't, I don't know. I don't have a 10, I don't have a 13 year old boy, but I'm wondering how this transitions as he gets older. Yeah. Part of it. I mean, we don't, we don't talk about the pretend play, but this has so shaped our cult, the culture within our family that we talk a lot about becoming a man. And so he's very excited about the process of growing up, which I like. And that's something I definitely wanted to give to my boys because like you pointed out with what your daughter noticed in those movies, a lot of how men are portrayed is that they're immature. They're not all there. Um, and so it really, it doesn't paint a picture Mm -hmm. (laughs) that boys want to aspire to be. Or they do. And they're like, yeah, I'm stupid and stupid is cool. And um, so this has given my son, especially my oldest, just a sense of purpose and a sense of, wow, I'm starting to enter into that next phase. And so, yeah, so we've spent a lot of time talking about the stages of knighthood. And so he knows that he's entering into a new phase where he's really starting to prepare, where we're starting to take our hands off and let him have more responsibility. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, so we don't go out in the backyard and play nights like, like he used to, but there's just sort of that underlying sense of purpose. Right. Well, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm done. Yeah. So what I love about it too, is that it's not just, uh, you know, it's not like playing, some imaginary thing. This is actually a code of chivalry for actual knights who became actual men. Yeah. You know, it's it's a real thing. And it does translate to as he grows up, no, no matter what age that he is, because it's a yes. real thing. Yeah, it's a real thing. And we have a very real need for these kind of men today. And so he recognizes that. And so we, we point that out when we see situations that crop up in the news. We're like, wow, that man was a true hero when he stepped up and did this. Mm-hmm. He put his life on the line for the people that were around him. And he, he saved the day. He was mm-hmm. the hero. So it really gives you a framework in so many ways, not just a vision for your sons of, of who they can be, but a framework for discussing all the crazy things that are happening in our world, crazy things yeah. that I'm sure you encounter from day to day. Yeah. Because we're able to talk, is this chivalrous or is this not chivalrous, you know, and why? And so it gives us a starting point um, for, yeah, discussing the world around us. And that's what we want to do is we want to teach our boys to be, our kids in general, to be discerning. Mm -hmm. Like, I love that your daughter picked that up because it's often so subtle that we don't even notice it until it, and then it just has that subtle influence on us. And yet she was thoughtful enough and processing what she was watching that she was able to interpret, oh, this is the message they're sending about boys mm-hmm. and men. And I don't know if I'm comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the mom listening right now is like, okay, this sounds really good. How do I get started with my kids? How do I introduce this to my sons? So, well, it starts with introducing them to literature. And so drawing them into the stories of the Middle Ages, um, provides the perfect avenue for doing it because it captivates their imagination. And so a boy doesn't need reminders or, hey, this is really cool. It doesn't actually take a whole lot of buildup. If we provide our kids with good books, we read them and then we issue them the challenge. Like we want you to embody this now. Our Mm -hmm. culture needs modern day nights. 
and you, I believe in you and I know that you can step up in this way and really make a difference in your home and in your community and whatever God has for you. So it starts with introducing them and sort of igniting, capturing their imagination and then issuing them the challenge and letting them know that you expect that from them both now and going into adulthood and that you are here to help them along the way. And once our boys know that we're there and that we're for them and that we want to equip them to be the hero, um, it helps that those day-to-day parenting trials, struggles, Mm -hmm. um, challenges, it, it helps us walk through it in a better way. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make everything easy. And so I'm still, I'm thinking of the situation that happened a couple of weeks ago where we caught one of our sons in a lie and we gave him opportunity to come clean. And then he finally didn't. And we had to meet out the consequence and he was, he was pretty ticked. Um, but we wanted it to be powerful enough that he would think before doing that the next time. Right. And so I went up and I talked to him. I said, you know, but I'm so sorry. I just, I want to remind you, we are here, we are for you and this is hard and it's your tendency is going to be to want to protect yourself and to do that at all costs. And you have to remember that you are called to a higher standard and that you are called to be brave and speak the truth and come clean. And he didn't, I mean, it just total back to me and I'm walking out of the room going, well, I planted seeds, (laughs) I hope. But you know what? The next morning he woke up and his eyes were clear and he just he came over to me and he didn't so much say in words, but just his body language communicated. OK, yeah, I'm I'm going to work through this. You're for me, not against me. Mm-hmm. He needed to sort of sleep on it to calm down. But that's what it means. We have to be there in the trenches speaking truth and not giving up on them. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. I love what Sally Clarkson says. She has a phrase where she says, tell, she would tell her children, I'm your adversary. No, I'm not. That's, no, that's not what she said. <laughs> she would say, I am your advocate and not your adversary. You know, it can feel like that. Like um, my children do different. I, I won't call out any one of my particular children. So I'll just say in general, I have children who play musical instruments and children who play, well, they all play musical instruments, but they'll, they'll have like a coach or a teacher who teaches teach them music or teach them a sport. And they don't always like their coach. They don't always like going to that thing where they're going to have to do something really hard or difficult or face up to the fact that their, you know, teacher or coach is not going to be happy with the level of performance that they gave at any particular moment in time. But that coach is making them better. So, you know, as parents, we are their coaches. And it's hard to do that thing. Like when you went and talked to your son and in the moment, you know, as parents, we want that immediate response, that immediate humility and softening. But rarely, rarely Rarely. does that actually that that only comes in adventures and Odyssey episodes. And it doesn't happen (laughs) in real life, at least to me is what I'm learning. But but, you know, I've found in most situations where we've been strong and confronted our children or called them on something, it may not have resulted in the response we wanted in the moment, but way faster than I would have expected. They completely shift and they they, they almost embrace those boundaries and those barriers yes. that we've given. Yeah, they need that. And I think they, they respect us for that. They would mm-hmm. never say, it, especially in the heat of the moment, but they need they need that. And we they know that we love them. Mm hmm. 
Mm-hmm. They know that we love them. And so I just, I always bring it back to, gosh, I love you. I want what's best for you. And I am preparing you to be a strong man one day. Mm-hmm. And it, it's going to mean painful lessons and as it, we work towards that. Yeah. And, you know, I think it also, I think our, our kids want to be called I like to something higher. I like how you use the phrase, calling them to a higher standard. Like one of my children um, is learning from an instructor. I'll be real general here. Um, and, and that instructor expects a lot from that child. But that instructor also recently recommended that that child try out for something that feels kind of crazy and way out there. And even though that can feel a little overwhelming to that particular child of mine, it also makes that child feel like, wow, this instructor really believes in me, really believes what I'm capable of. And I'm going to reach for something that I never would have thought of on my own. And that's really what you're doing here. Because I think our kids want, especially our sons, they want to be heroes. I know that I had your book sitting on my desk and I was, um, I just finished reading through it and set it down on my desk and my son came in and he saw it and he was just immediately drawn to it. He's like, what's that, mommy? What's that about? Yeah. Because he was like, knights in training. I want to be a knight. I want to, you know, he saw the little boys on the cover with the with the swords. And he, you know, he wants to be a hero. And so to give them that framework, I just think is so powerful. You mentioned reading books to your kids. What are some books that you would recommend that moms start out with to kind of introduce this concept to them? Well, um, my absolute favorite is St. George and the Dragon by Margaret Hodges. That was my uh, son's favorite book for yeah. years. If you haven't read it, you've got to go buy it now. <laughs> um, I actually, I loved it as a girl. I sort of have that warrior mentality, which is probably why I was drawn to this as well. And my mom actually gave it to me as a gift when I was in college. Mm-hmm. And my husband was in the picture at that point and he's looking like your mom gave you a picture book. I'm like, oh, I have no idea. This is just... But it's just, it's amazing. And it draws you into the wonder and the magic of the Middle Ages into um, stepping up and doing the impossible and not, not giving up, not ever for a moment. And so I just, I love that. I, I feel like that really just totally captivates a boy's imagination and really gives them the vision for, okay, this, this is what I want to do. Um, so that's my all time personal favorite, pretty much anything by Margaret Hodges. I have found to be amazing. So actually when I was at the Sally Clarkson event here in Texas, a couple months ago, I saw one I had never seen before on St. Christopher and I bought that and yep, totally blown away. It was amazing. So she is really good. Um, the other one I like is by the, the same illustrator that did St. George and the Dragon. And this one is called The Kitchen Knight. Hmm. And again, these are picture books, but they are mesmerizing and amazing for any age. So the illustrations are just luscious and the prose is beautiful and captivating. And it's certainly not your average picture book where there's two or three sentences per page. Like there's some decent text there. Um, but those two are probably my absolute favorites and ones that my boys really, really have loved over the years. And I think they're complex enough. I don't know if that's the correct word, but where as kids get older, they like, you know, some graphic novels and that sort of thing or comic books. These these books are kind of artwork and they're yes. well written. And so, you know, truly, I think anyone of any age can enjoy it. It's not, you know, like some book about a bunny. 
Right. It, yeah, it's it's much more in-depth than that. Like, I, I've read these books at least 100 times to my kids mm-hmm. between each of the different boys. And it's one that I I never tire of. And so I just, I can feel my voice swell as I get to certain familiar parts and I'm reading to them. And there's just that same excitement and anticipation every single time. Whereas there are other books where I'll have, especially when they're little, they'll bring me and I'm just like, oh my gosh, shoot me. (laughs) Uh, And no, this is not one of them. So yeah, definitely a layer of complexity where there's something for every age that you'll get out of the story that you may not have a few years earlier. So for the mom listening, she's going to get these books, start reading them to her kids. She wants to start implementing, you know, one of the 10 principles. Where does she start? So what I do first, you put up the poster. And so I have a link to a free download where you can download the poster. You put it up and you announce that you're going to start night training and you just sort of briefly lay out what are the different aspects. But then you're going to take time to really sit and focus on on different aspects of the code. And so for that, I really tried to structure the book so that you could use it as a resource to go back to. And so at the end of each chapter, I have a throw down the gauntlet section, which is just specific um, talking discussion aspects or activities that you can do with your kids that really flesh out that aspect of the code. And so it's really, I wrote it so that you could read it through, but then when you have a problem like your, your son's not, walking in truth. You could go back to that chapter and pull out an activity or a discussion point. Um, But I really tried to write it so that you could use it as an ongoing resource. Because yeah, that's what I encounter is we're doing great. And then they're, they're struggling with one area. And so I just need to really focus on how do I have that conversation with my kids? How do I look for ways that they can embody that Mm -hmm. in their life now? I love it because there's a lot of books that share great information, give great concepts, but this, honestly, it almost feels like a little travel guide, you know, like when you, in the olden days, yeah. when you'd go on vacation and you'd get one of those travel books to a place and you, as you're journeying through, you can reference it. Okay, where should I eat or what should I do? And this book is not just concepts and ideas, which, you know, of course it is, but it's also crazy, crazy practical. So, you know, you don't feel like, oh, that was a great idea. How do I actually do this? you show right. how to yeah. do it. Well, so I've read so many books. I'm like, okay, there's problems with how we're raising our boys, but, but what am I supposed to do? What's the alternative? Right. And right. so, yeah, I wanted something that was intensely practical. And maybe that sort of factors into the fact that I'm in the midst of this season mm-hmm. and I just, I need an open resource that I can go, oh, here's a conversation point I could have with my kids. So yeah, I wrote it not as a step-by-step do this one, then this one, then this one. But sort of like you said, with a travel guide, you go and you go, okay, what, what are the needs of my family right now in this situation? And then you have a specific place that you can go and sort of take out, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to talk about this. We're going to revisit this. Yeah. And I I just love it. You literally open up the book and there's action steps that you can pick from. You know, it's not just, oh, I should read about this chapter because it covers my problem. No, there's actually a thing that I can do right now to, you know, begin the conversation or begin walking through this with my kids. So I love the practicality of it. Um, Heather, where can people find you online and where can they get a copy of the book? Okay, they can find me online. My website is heatherhopt.com, and that's H-A-U-P-T.com. And then I love to post over on Instagram or uh, Facebook. So you can find me at Heather 
Heather R. Hopped on Instagram and at Cultivated Lives on on Facebook. And so I love to just converse and share ideas and stuff on those fronts. And then you can order the book anywhere. So Barnes and Noble, Amazon, uh, I know a lot of the Christian bookstores are planning on carrying this. This is not an explicitly Christian book, um, but the themes are are strongly woven throughout. Right, right. Well, and, and then what's the first code of chivalry that's to love the Lord your God with yeah. your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's foundational. Yeah. So, yeah. I didn't write it devotional, though. So you're mm-hmm. not going to find, like, and open up the Bible to this passage. Um, so I might put out something later to sort of help with that. But it's a foundationally from a Christian worldview. Oh, yeah. And totally, so totally steeped in a Christian worldview. And without love for God, you cannot properly love others. hmm mm-hmm. So good. Well, I am so excited that you were able to join us today, Heather, and share this. You know, I have a son and my two oldest are girls, so I feel a little bit experienced with that. But the boy thing has definitely been new for me. So I love that you've written a book specifically to help moms raise the boys that that they um, that they love so much and that they really want to raise to this a standard. And you've given language for it. You've given a roadmap for it or a guidebook for that. And I just love what you've done. So thank you so much for being with us today. You're welcome. It was a joy to join you. Well, I hope you enjoyed learning from Heather. And don't forget that you can get that free week of Jelly Telly by visiting inspiredtoaction.com forward slash Jelly Telly and using the coupon code INSPIRED. All right, that's it for this week's episode of the Inspired to Action podcast. You can get the show notes and sign up for our email list where we send you tons of great goodies. Just go to inspiredtoaction.com And stay tuned for our next episode that is truly a remarkable interview with Dr. Meg Meeker, and we talk about the importance and influence of fathers. So don't miss that. And thank you so much for being with us this week. Grace, His grace and sweet new